Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of From No Crypto to No Crypto. I'm your host, the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne. Today we're joined by Andre from Magic Square. Andre, man, it's a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me today, and it's a big pleasure to be with you. Absolutely, man. Definitely a pleasure. Uh, definitely want to jump into what you guys are doing at Magic Square. But before we jump into that, can you tell everybody a little bit about your background, kind of what you've done prior to this and what got you into, into this space? Yeah, yeah, of course. So I'm a mathematician. Yeah, I'm a quant. I finished my PhD in mathematics when I was 24. Uh, later on, I worked uh, one of the hedge funds yeah, as a quant almost eight years. Then I moved to manage private equity, uh, with focus on fintech gaming, and gaming is my big passion for my entire life. I'm a passionate gamer. Spent many many days, maybe years, playing World of Warcraft. Uh, in crypto from 2013, a friend of mine brought me in. He tried to convince me from 2011 to jump in, but my paradigm was, guys, it's too complicated. It's not for, it's not for the mainstream. And things that are like not targeting mainstream, most of the time, failing to scale. Uh, the example of, you know, the Bitcoin, it's a, it's a Cinderella story, you know? definitely, uh, because it's, it's complicated to open a wallet is complicated to do transactions is complicated, not to lose access to your wallet after 10 years. It's complicated, especially, you know, when, uh, the first bull run started like 2015. And uh, at the, you know, like 2018, I know most of my friends, they lost access to their wallets. And a lot of funds remain like unusable for a lifetime. Uh, so I came for the crypto when a friend of mine came to one of my birthday and gave me $1,000 as a present bitcoins. This is my access. Uh, thanks to this friend and uh, from this point when you have like bitcoins on your wallet you're starting to follow the price and suddenly it's becoming interesting uh, ethereum uh, actually opened a new way to a lot of projects smart contracts and from 2017 i'm fully dedicated to crypto so you know as a traditional investor and you know i love the industry i love the potential but the main challenge remain scalability i don't believe that you know you can be like bring 1 billion users from trading there's no 1 billion traders definitely no so when the market saw nfts it's brought a huge new way of buyers that join like big time because it was simple simplification this is the key of success you see all the big and successful companies you mentioned apple before yeah this is the most simple inconvenient user interface yeah so i think that what we are missing as an industry in order to scale this is like to do to, to stay kids people simple stupid 
It's supposed to be accessible by everyone without any like, you know, learning curve, supposed to be as short as possible. I don't want to read books. I don't have a passion to watch all the videos that will explain me the differences between the chains. I don't. I want to click on a few buttons to get access to the things I love, for example, games. And I think that the, the revolution, not just evolution, revolution in crypto will come from gaming. You have 3.2 billion gamers. And once the market will be mature enough and with fun to play games, not just to you know, earn to play, play to earn, and what in between, fun to play. When I will enjoy playing the games, we will see the these billions will come to the market and uh, and, and this will change everything. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I tell people all the time, kind of similar similar uh, perspective uh, because I think gaming is going to be a major catalyst of people coming in. And then on the other side, I say, I really think expose like for people to truly understand the potential of NFTs, I think the music industry, uh, we're going to start to see a lot of musicians really start to adopt the, a lot of the Web3 elements such as NFTs, um, just because that the biggest need right now is, is most musicians are struggling to make a living because when they, they go to, to record an album and they, they put it out there, there's so many different other people that are taking a cut out of that that they barely make any money. So they could have 10 million streams on Spotify and barely make a few hundred dollars a month off of that. Um, so those two, but I agree. Gaming is definitely the biggest. I think that's going to bring people in. All right. So Andre, um, definitely love your insight, man. We'll definitely touch more on that. I'm a big advocate of bringing new people into the space, but, uh, let's jump into magic square because I can tell you what I see from looking on the outside in at what you guys do at magic square. I've always felt also a big catalyst to driving adoption in this space is building community. Right, you can have the best tech in the world. If you don't have community, you're not gonna build a great ecosystem. And it seems like, from my perspective, that Magic Square is focused on building that community. Uh, so can you tell everybody a little bit about Magic Square and what you guys do there? Exactly. So me and my partner, Benjamin, he's a marketing guru with a few exits in marketing domain. We came together with the same idea to simplify crypto. And the way we saw it, through the prism of App Store. App Store is a single point of entry, very simple, very convenient, just one click away and you have the right app. But in the process, you trust App Store. You trust that the apps that you're downloading are safe, they're not scams. This is your you know, inner belief. And in crypto space, what is your way to discover apps? To Google it? So you, in 2024, you will just Google, what are the best play to earn game in 2024? Okay, and what are the results that you'll get? Can you trust them? Uh, answer is no, definitely no. So you need someone to actually validate the applications. They're, they're fine, they're not scams, they're not phishing. And uh, in, in, in process of discovery, you have trust. Yeah, and simplicity. This is how we get the idea of creating web free app store. And the web free app store with all of this discovery, simplicity, 
and trust. So you can find all your apps in one simple environment. You can trust in a few clicks. This is what we build. And on top of that, of course, you need the community. So the motivation of Steve Jobs uh, for the App Store, or just, you know, uh, phone itself, iPhone, that you as a developer, you can get access to the community, to the people that will find and use your apps. Yeah, this is the idea. So in crypto, you don't have such an environment. So you need to unify, you need a marketplace that will bring together between the apps and the community. And once you have this, use an app developer, and when you're planning go-to-market strategy, you need to understand, I have the app store, yeah, that I can list my app and instantly get access to the community. I don't need to waste time and resources building this community. So yes, this is the community-driven platform. You as an application, you just need to be listed. And then you have access to the community and all the tools that you need in order to engage this community in your application. Uh, it took us 2.5 years, even more, uh, to build this ecosystem. We released our public beta six months ago. So far, we have 3.6 million uh, unique wallets. And we have more than 1,000 applications. We are growing rapidly thanks to our big community and applications coming by themselves to be listed. Why? Because of the gain community. Yeah, that, that, that's a great thing. When I saw that, I was like, man, this is, this makes sense. I never thought of it as, I mean, you obviously it says app store on the website, but I never thought of it in comparison to your right. I mean, the, the iPhone would not be what it is today without that app store. And most of the apps, you're right, they, they're vetted, they're trusted. Um, so when people go to download an app, they know they're using something. It definitely solves a real problem because you're right. People just Googling and clicking on links and a lot of these links are malicious, they're fake, they're phishing. Um, and as soon as someone connects a wallet to those fake apps, uh, fake websites and phishing websites, their funds are gone. Um, so it, it's it's, you're not only just creating a community to um, connect people to apps, but also to protect people. Um, so that that's, man, I love it. That That's important. That's definitely something that's needed. And, and for the apps, from the perspective of the app, it's not only the community. Imagine the flow from building your application to, and the, the probably one of the last stages is retention. Yeah. You build your app, you released it, you, you have your community, you need to retain it. In the process, you want to list your token if you have one. Yeah, you want probably to have a launchpad. You probably want to communicate with the community. So Magic Store, not like App Store, we are serving uh, as like we are delivering as a service full life cycle from early stages, like upcoming application. On the early stage, you can list your app and get access to the community in order to get their feedback in order to engage them as early as possible, because you want to build, you, when you're building an app, you want to see that community loves what you're building. You want to see that you have this product market fit. Then when your app is, is ready, you want to engage more with the community to monetize yourself. We have all the monetization tools. 
uh, that will assist you to monetize this community. Then for your listing, you, you, you need the launchpad probably. We are releasing soon the launchpad and the staking mechanism. Yeah. And then when you have your app, your token, you have your app, you need to retain your community. We have all the tools of retention. So you, you can retain the community. That's nice. Yeah. You know, I was looking at it from a user standpoint, but yeah, it definitely makes sense of why if, if someone's building a project, building an application, um, building a Web3 app, why they would want to partner um, partner, partner with you guys to uh, tap into that. So let's jump back to the to the user side for a second. I know the interface on the website's very simple, very easy to use. So how would you recommend someone jump in and get started? Because I, I know there's different, I saw something about you be able to upgrade your account. So how would someone jumping in new, uh, what would you recommend they do uh, just to just to figure out how to how to um, maximize their benefit from Magic Square? Sure, sure. So the the space built on rewards. So rewards there are you know uh, bounded to every single activity of the users. It's not Web two. Web two you don't have any rewards. You're using my app. This is your reward. Here, everything built on incentives. We have a few ways uh, to reward the users for their activities. A basic one, you're coming to the store, you're creating an, an account with your Google, with your, your uh, Gmail, your wallet and whatsoever. You have your, uh, uh, your account. You need to verify that you're human. It's very important. We are dealing with humans, not with bots. Because uh, when you're uh, you're an app owner, and for example, you will get traffic from app from Magic Store, and there are bots, you're not happy. So we are protecting you from bots. Uh, once you're human, you can verify your profile, and because a plus member, it's it's cost you nothing. Uh, from this point, you can do whatsoever in the store. But if you want to get more rewards from all your actions, you want to get bigger allocations in the uh, upcoming launch pad. You want to get bigger airdrops. We have a membership. So you need to uh, lock your tokens, our tokens, SQR tokens, for example, for 30 days. And then you're becoming a premium, a premium or premium plus member. Depends on the number of tokens you lock. And then you, you have like bigger rewards. You have a, even API, a, APY on your tokens. Uh, so it's, it's, it's combination between staking and consistent rewards for your activity. Uh, this is from one angle. Uh, so the users that willing to be active, uh, they can upgrade to a premium or premium plus membership or uh, we are releasing soon the staking, just the staking. If they have tokens, they don't have any, any interest to sell. They can stake and they earn like APY. So this is for the users. More than, you know, users that look into support projects, they have hot offers. Hot offers, every project can create a campaign on, a, a, on the Magic Store. The campaigns can be very simple, like social mining, I want you to tweet, the, tweet about us, to like, 
to share on whatsoever, but the campaigns can be pretty complicated. Play our game, reach level 10, build a castle, and you need to have 100 tokens in your wallet, and then you're getting rewards. So you're getting rewards from the projects. We are distributing 80% of the media uh, budgets back to the users. We are taking 20. It's, it's, it's not like, you know, with all the platforms, we have two classical ones. I'm taking 80 and maybe we'll get some. Probably we'll get nothing. Here we are taking, a, we are distributing 80%, taking 20 and we are giving you rewards for your daily activities. For all your activities, you're collecting karma. Karma is our internal point system. And on a daily basis, you have a, a SQR pool. That you will get a part of it based on the amount of karma that you collected today. I love that. So there's the gamification, there's the rewards. And I can tell you, you know, at FIO, we just, we just recently, um, you know, ran a hot offer with you guys and it was, it really, it got, it, it got used up so quickly. Like we had to add some more funds to it. It's like, it was so successful and happened so rapidly from the community. They're like, okay, let's, let's, uh, my marketing manager, Marie was like, okay, we need to add some more to this. So definitely see the, the benefit. Running campaigns in a row, one after another. And we have companies that's running like seventh campaign in a row. It's probably it's telling something no? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we everybody here, I mean, we all want real users. We all want engagement. We all want to build community. So it just makes sense that um, having that availability. Now, you mentioned the SQR token. I just want to touch on this, man, because I've seen, and you've probably seen it over the years, right? A lot of projects have launched tokens the wrong way. They haven't built anything. They don't have anything ready, and they launch a token uh, with the promise that something's coming. You guys seem to have done that the opposite way, which is what, what I like. You built... You said two and a half years you were building. Six, last six six months ago, you were in beta. So you had a working project. You built the community. And then by the time you launched the token, you have utility baked in where this is how you're going to use the token. Um, so I definitely love that, that yeah. blueprint. Any, anything you guys learned from the token launch process? It's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a nightmare. I will tell you why it's a nightmare. So you're completely right about our approach. So we initially, you know, what most of the projects are doing, let's create a nice website. Let's issue light white paper, doesn't matter what. We will uh, bring a lot of girls inside, in, like, and they will spread the word of the huge project is coming. We don't have a project yet. We have just promise. And then when we're raising funds, we're starting to build it. Maybe we're building in the process, but most of the project or, you know, most of our promises, they're just on paper. They're not realized. We decided to build it differently. We decided to build a product. Even before we raised the first funds and our first investor was Binance, Binance Labs our alpha version of the product was ready. We have traction, and this is how we actually brought big investors on board. Uh, when we decided to launch a token, we can assure that, you know, everything that you will read in our light paper is like promised, done. 
it's already executed. It's not just, you know, theory, it's a reality with a huge user base. And even though, you know, when you're launching your token, it's very stressful, you know, to be a company without a token and company with a token, it's two different companies. Yeah. Because to have a token, you need to be, to make sure that you have enough traders, but our community, they're not traders, they're holders. We see a lot of holders. We have 32,000 holders, but it's not enough. You need to bring traders. Then you need to, to, to be in touch with trading communities. And it's a different company. It's a different vertical. And I do believe that, you know, we are based on real economy. Uh, all the campaigns, including your own campaign, all the new campaigns are uh, run exclusively in SQR token. Only. A membership, yeah. In order to become a member, you need to lock SQR tokens. Uh, all the models, for example, to be able to participate in Launchpad, you need to have SQR tokens. And our future, we are aiming to, you know, to go to infrastructure and to offer decentralized a cloud, yeah, for our users, so they can host their apps. And right now, DApps decentralized applications it's just, just a theory you know because all, all of them hosted in in amazon yeah in yes on google not really if i will turn down your uh, your servers you're not that because your application will go down you're aiming to build an infrastructure for dApps as well so and and this also will be powered by sqr tokens so the, the, the narrative of the SQR is to be, it's supposed to be a blood of our ecosystem. Not just you, you have a project and your tokens are completely you know, decoupled. They don't have any correlation between them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense because if, if you, uh, what you were talking about prior, if you don't have traders, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure, uh, but you've got to build that. Basically, the, I'd say that token economy where you're like you talked about, you guys are building out the demand for the token. The utility is going to create demand where people are going to need to buy it to do certain things. You're creating that whole ecosystem. And um, you kind of touched on it earlier when you talk about play to earn games that weren't really fun. Right. The biggest problem with those is there was no real token economy. People were just playing them to earn the rewards. The game wasn't fun. And then they were dumping the token. So there was no buying demand. It was just sell, right? People were earning and selling. And that's not a sustainable economy, just to kind of compare the two. So it definitely makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think many people realize that, that um, how, how centralized the, the hosting is, whether it's either, you know, Amazon, Amazon Cloud or Google, and, and uh, we do need to move towards decentralized uh, decentralized infrastructure for hosting as well. So what um, is that, that? Obviously, it sounds like it's something on your roadmap. Is that something that's planned uh, soon or, or it's going to be, be a little while before that comes out? It's supposed to come out by uh, by summer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big problem. It's a little That's what I was asking. Yeah, I didn't know how far along you guys were. Definitely, definitely a big project. But yeah, that's definitely so something that's the, the, the idea is to be like, as I mentioned, your go-to-market destination for everything Web3. So 
you're a project and uh, when you're just thinking about what I should do, how I will approach my users, the first role is supposed to be magic screen. Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. It's definitely something I focus on a lot of educating the new user or onboarding new people into the space. I like to find where I can send them to where it's an easy place to onboard people, whether that be wallets, um, different platforms, but Magic Square has definitely been one that I've added recently to say, hey, this is something that you need to, you know, rather than, you're right, rather than hitting that Google and looking for what's the best uh, DeFi app or what's the best that, you know, like go, go to a trusted source and learn that. You know, one last thing, you know, before we get towards towards the end of this, this podcast, I wanted to touch on, you mentioned it earlier, you guys released a light paper with the Square token, SQR token. Yeah. Um, something you mentioned earlier when we were talking, I can't remember if it was before we started recording or not, but it was, you hit the nail on the head about being critical about a lot of white papers that have come out over the years. They're so complicated, <laughs> a person doesn't understand them. So did that affect your approach when you were launching the SQR token to create uh, what you call a light paper that's easy for anybody to understand? Exactly. This is the idea. I want people to understand what we are doing. It's not like you created something complicated and people think you're super smart and this is why they will invest in you. I want you to understand what we are doing in every step. If you will read it, it's written on a very, you know, we used very simple language. The approach supposed to be, we want people to use it. Uh, it's not just for geeks, nerds like myself. Yeah, because I love it, but it's, it's not scalable. The, the idea of scalability, when you think as, as a project, when you're starting to build it, think about your user, your customer, why they're supposed to use it. What is your unique selling position? And most of the projects that I see all around, they don't really care about it. This is, this is my feeling. Yeah, I, I agree. I think some of them put buzzwords in the white paper. They try to make it sound so technical to impress investors and really impress people that, that say, oh, I don't really understand it, but it sounds amazing. Let me invest in this. And they don't really understand what they're, what they're putting into. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Andre, man, it's, it's definitely been a pleasure having you on today. Uh, before we wrap up, can you tell the audience where they can find out more about Magic Square and, and start using, uh, basically join your community? Of course. So you have magic.store. This is the primary destination. If you want to learn more, you have magicsquare.io, all the information about us, tokenomics, uh, all the information about everything that's going on in, in, in the store. But the store itself, you can open it. You have a, our gitbook, so you can read all the information. A, we have very active communities, so you can join our Discord, our Twitter, Telegram. We have a huge a, community, you know, community, and they're very supportive together with our community managers. They do an excellent job. They will assist you 24-7 to understand every piece of information that they exist on both of the platforms. Awesome, man. It's definitely been a pleasure having you on. Um, I, I've, I've played around a little on Magic on magic.store, so it's good to know more. I've got some more insight into what you guys are doing, uh, so I can definitely recommend it. So those of you listening, make sure to check it out. Um, make sure to give them follows on socials to keep up with everything that's going on. Join 
join the everywhere you can join their community join the community because that's really the key i think the key is if you join the right communities you'll have a lot of lot of protection in this space because there's a lot of people that are out there trying to scam people and so you want to find the legitimate projects and it looks like that's definitely what you guys are doing at magic square so any any final thoughts before we hop off andre yep the entire industry right now it's 1.5 trillion dollars apple stock is almost three trillion dollars so imagine that we didn't start it yet i i hear a lot of people that they thinking that the, it's too late to join the industry. Why? The Bitcoin is 40, the Ethereum, it was 10 cents, 20 cents. It doesn't really matter. As we didn't start yet. The, uh, in two, two, 2000s, you know, at the beginning of 2000, the high-tech revolution, you know, uh, if you, you think in 2000 it's too late to join, you will miss everything. In crypto, we're at the same point. We're just in the early beginning. Oh man, I uh, I'll tell you a story real quick. I missed that. So in two ninety nine to two thousand two, I was in college for computer science, and when I graduated college in two thousand two, I thought I missed it. It was like, oh, I missed the dot com bubble. The bubble already burst. Um, <laughs> so I went into a job initially not related to tech. I completely left tech, and I, I regret that to this day that I didn't stick around because I thought I missed it because I missed that little dot-com bubble. But look what's happened since then, right? And so I, I realize in this space, I'm not going to miss it. So great, great advice, man. I definitely agree with that. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Amazing. You're an amazing host. And amazing job, you know, to, to educate people. It's very important. Absolutely, Andre. Thank definitely you. been a pleasure talking today. Uh, thanks, everybody out there for listening. And we will catch you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, man. Bye-bye.